0: The focus of this Perek are the laws of a Shavuas Bittui, an oath which is voluntary, and there are essentially four different types of a Shavuas Bittui, either when you make an oath to do something in the future, or not to do something in the future, or that you did do something in the past, or that you didn't do something in the past. And many of the Mishnais in the Perek discuss what exactly is included in an oath which you make. We're going to see at the end of the paragraph that the punishment for violating a Shavuas Bitui, if done on purpose, is Malkus, one receives lashes, and if done unintentionally, then one is Chayv, a Korben Chatos. as it may, the Mishnah says if somebody states, I'm making an oath, that I will not eat, and he specifies a certain amount of time that he's not going to eat, for example, for one day, and he violated the oath, Vachal and he ate bread made out of wheat, and he, he then ate bread which was made out of barley, and then he ate spelt bread. And he did all of this in what is known as Helem Echad. Helem Echad means one period of time where the prohibition is, so to speak, hidden from him. Meaning he didn't realise at any point, let's say we're talking about a case where he did it by mistake from when he started eating until he finished, even though he ate different types of bread and different types of food, he didn't remember in the middle at all that he was violating a prohibition. So all of it was as a result of this one forgetfulness of the shavuah. and in such a case, even though he ate different types of food, since the actual Shavua, which he made, was just that he's not going to eat, so all food is included in that one oath. And therefore, in el achas, he is only liable to bring one Korgan chatas. And if he did the same thing on purpose, he would be liable to lashes to Malkus. That having been said, if he says, In his oath he specifies that I'm making an oath not to eat. Bread made out of wheat, bread made out of barley, bread made out of, of spelt. So now he's indicating that they're three separate different oaths. If he wanted to forbid all of them, he could have just said I'm not going to eat. The fact that he specified all three of them shows us that he wants to make three different oaths And therefore, if he eats those three types of bread, he is liable for each type of bread, even if it was as a result of one forgetfulness, because it was three different oaths. Now, the truth is, this is only true if he said something unnecessary. In that case, we say, "Ah, I could have said something smaller, like I'm not going to eat. The fact that he specified shows us that he wants to separate them into three different oaths. But in this case, maybe he wanted to forbid himself only from those three types of bread, He wanted to make one oath that he's not going to eat that type of food. And he had to specify which type of food. And so it was necessary for him to say all of that. But maybe he intended to make only one oath. The answer is, if he wanted to make it one oath, he still should have said, I'm not going to eat bread, which is made out of wheat, barley, or spelt. The fact that he repeated the word bread every time shows that he is separating them out and mentioning extra words which he doesn't need to. And that is what shows us that he's making three separate oaths. Gimel, we've got a similar example over here. If somebody declares, Shavuoshle Eshter, I'm making an oath that I'm not going to drink. For example, for the next day, Veshosem Ashken and he ate and he drank lots of different types of drinks. Again, Beherim Echod, in one period of time of one forgetfulness. Enechai he's only liable to one because he only made one oath. However, if he said, Shavuoshle Eshter yain I'm making an oath that I'm not going to drink wine, oil, or honey, the Shosar, and then he drank those three drinks, he would be liable to Koronchatos or to malchus, depending if on if it was by mistake or on purpose, for each of those drinks. Now, once again, we have to ask ourselves, maybe he intended to make one oath, and he wanted that one oath to include just these three things. And that's why he had to specify these three things. So the Gemara says we're talking about a case where somebody was trying to convince him to drink wine and oil and honey. It was already there on the table in front of him, and it's very clear that they've been talking about these three drinks already. So if he wanted to make just one... So so what did he do? He wanted to make an oath that I'm not going to drink it so that the other person will stop trying to persuade him to drink it. Now, in this case, he could have made one oath very simply by saying, I'm not going to drink it. I'm not going to drink those drinks. And it's very clear which drinks we're talking about. The fact that he went out of his way to specify I'm making a shavua not to drink wine or oil or honey... That was unnecessary, so the fact that he's going out of his way to specify those three things shows us that he is separating the oath into three different oaths, and therefore he will be liable to three different punishments, three different sets of malchus or korbanos for each type of drink that he drank. <laughs> if somebody declares I'm making an oath not to, not to eat, and he then ate food which is not fit for eating. It's not really edible, people don't eat that sort of thing. He drank a drink which isn't fit to be drunk. Says Mishnah Potter who would be exempt because it's very clear that his intention when he made the oath was regarding real food which people eat. If it's something which, never, which nobody ever eats that is not included in the general term of eating or drinking. So this was never included in his oath and therefore he would be exempt. Now what happens if he says he makes an oath not to eat and then he ate an animal which died without... Valid um, Such an animal is forbidden to eat. It's not kosher or trefice. Or he ate the meat of an animal which had a wound, an internal wound, which also makes that animal treif, not kosher to be eaten. Schatzim or masim, little small animals or insects. He ate something which was forbidden to eat. In this case, says the Mishnah Chayev, he is liable because this is considered to be included in his Shavuah. At the end of the day, it's food. When somebody refers to eating, it includes eating any food which is edible. There happens to be a different prohibition, which means that it's forbidden for him to eat that. But in terms of it being included in his Shavuah, he used the general term of eating, that includes eating anything, and therefore he will be liable in this case. Rabbi Shimon, Poyta, Rabbi Shimon, however, exempts him. And the reason for Rabbi Shimon is because of an important rule of Ein Isur Chalal Isur. One prohibition does not come and prohibit something which is, already for, which is already forbidden. For example, in this case, it's already forbidden to eat that food. Now, this person is making an oath, and the Torah says that somebody has a power to make an oath, and that creates another prohibition upon himself not to do whatever he makes an oath about. So if he makes an oath not to eat this food, it's already forbidden. So the fact that there's a new reason to prohibit it, the rule of Ein Isr Chalal Isur says that we don't take account of that new reason. This is prohibited under one prohibition and not more than one. And therefore it's true that technically included in the Shavua is any food, but that prohibition doesn't begin and it's not relevant concerning something which is already forbidden. The reason that the Chachom argue with the Rabbi Shimon, even though the Chachom agree with this general rule of Ein Isr Chalal Isr, is because the Chachom say that here it's different. Because here is an example of what is known as an isr koilel. An isur koilel is when the second prohibition includes more things than that specific thing which, is already for, which was already forbidden. For example, in this case, it was, it's forbidden to eat something which is not kosher. The second prohibition which comes along as a result of the oath is not a prohibition to eat that food. It's a prohibition to eat any food, even something which is kosher. Something which was until now permitted to eat to be eaten will now be forbidden for that person to eat as a result of this Shavuah. In such a case, according to the Chachomim, just like the new prohibition does become relevant and does prohibit that person concerning things which have been permitted until now, so too it would exist and prohibit him regarding things which are until now forbidden. And so that not kosher food would be, be now forbidden as a result of two different prohibitions. And he would violate the Shavuah when he eats that. So if it's done on purpose, he would be liable to the punishment of Malchus lashes. If it was done by mistake, he would have to bring a kormen chatos. So, so far, there have been two parts of the Mishnah. The first part of the Mishnah was regarding eating things which are, not, which are barely edible. And there, according to everybody, it would not be included in the Shavuah. It's not considered eating, it's not what people refer to when they refer to eating. The second part of the Mishnah was referring to something which is included in the Shavuah, in terms of the language of eating. However, because of a separate rule of Ein Yisr chalal according to Rabbi Shimon, the shavua does not prohibit him on those things which are already not kosher. Now, even Rabbi Shimon agrees in the next case, if somebody says, Omar, somebody says, I'm making a need there that my wife cannot benefit from me. A nadir is another type of vow, where one is able to forbid himself to benefit from, someone, from somebody else, or he can forbid, forbid somebody else from benefiting from him. So he made a nadir that his wife will be forbidden to benefit from him to a certain extent. Not every benefit, we're talking about a case where he says she can't benefit from me in a certain respect. And he says that this vow should take place on condition, if I ate something today. If I have eaten today, then I am making a neder, a vow. The huachal of Trefa is and that day, he had eaten, but he had only eaten these animals which are not kosher to be eaten. The navela, an animal which didn't receive proper shechita a Trefa, an animal which had an internal wound which meant that it was forbidden to eat, and these small animals and insects. In this case, even a agrees that Harishta Surah, his wife, would be forbidden and the neder would exist. Certainly the condition was fulfilled over here. Even Rabbi Shimon, who exempts in the previous case, agrees that it's considered to be food, and it is included in the, in the vow regarding eating. Rabbi Shimon had a totally different reason than the previous part of the Mishnah, because we're in but certainly eating something, even if it's forbidden to eat, is included in the term eating, and therefore the, con- the condition of the vow was certainly fulfilled. Mishnah, hey. Concerning what things can a Shavuos bitui be made? Says the Mishnah, Echod zvayim Shal whether it be something concerning himself, or whether it applies to somebody else. Even though the terminology of the posuk is that somebody makes a vow lahora to do bad or to do good, which I could have interpreted to mean to do something which is beneficial or not beneficial, or not beneficial for me, for me, the person making the oath, the mission says no, even things which regard other people are included in this posuk. Shwas bitu applies to something which is tangible and something which is not tangible. And another explanation of this part of the Mishnah is that it applies both to something which has a purpose and to something which is totally pointless and nobody derives any benefit from it. And the Mishnah will give examples for all of these cases. Keitsar Hauser so? What's an example of these cases. Shavu etnish nishpilaini. Somebody declares I'm making an, uh, an oath to give something to so-and-so. So his oath is regarding somebody else. Or he says, I'm making an oath that I'm not going to give something to somebody else. Or Shenosati that I gave something to somebody in the past. Vishalaynosati, or he swears that he didn't give something. These are all examples of things concerning other people. If he says, she Ishan, I make a shavu that I'm going to sleep. Or ishan, that I'm not going to sleep, for example, for the next day or two. Something which he is able to fulfil. Or he swears, Shyoshanti, that I did sleep, or Vishalayashanti that I didn't sleep. These are all examples of things which are not tangible. He's referring to actions. Or we gave another explanation of what a domesha'in mamish means, that it's a pointless act. So if he says that I make a shavuah layom, that I will throw a stone into the sea. Or he says a shalei Ezraik, I make a shavuah that I'm not going to throw a stone into the sea. which She'ezerakti, that I did throw a stone, shalei that I didn't throw a stone. All of these things don't give anyone any benefit or there's no purpose in them. So I could have thought it's not included in what the Torah is talking about, lahora to do good, to do bad... Says Mishnah, no, they are included, and a Shavu would apply to them. Rabbi Shmuel, Omer um, Rabbi Shmuel, says, something which goes against what we have seen until now in the Masechda. Until now we've assumed that there are four different types of Shavu Bitui. Two in the future, two in the past. To do or not to do something in the future, or that you did or didn't do something in the past. Says Rabbi Shmuel, ale ale asod la- asod la- one would only be liable, and listen carefully, to a carbon in a case where he violated the Shavuah, if the shavuot was regarding something in the future, that he made a shavuot not to do something or to do something, and he then violated it, only then would he be liable to bring a korban in such a case. But if, for example, he sweared falsely that he did something in the past, he certainly violated the avera of making a false shavuot. Nevertheless, he would not be liable to a korban for this. Shenemah, as the pasuk says, that the korban applies to somebody who made a shavuot to do bad or to do good, and then he violated it. So the Torah is talking about a case where he does something for the future. Amal Akiva, Akiva said in Cain, if that's the case, you're only including things which are simply stated explicitly in the Pasuk, then I can only include in that things which are bad or good. What about things which are not necessarily bad or good? They're not necessarily particularly beneficial. How do I know from there that in such a case, I would still be liable to a carbon, And even you, Rabbi Yishmael, agree that that's the case. You just said that it has to be something in the future, but you agree that if I say in the future I will do something, like throw a stone in the sea, that I'll be liable. So where do you know that from? It's not in the Pasuk. On my Lord, Rabbi Yishmael said to him, From the Torah, including extra words. The Torah there in the same Pasuk says, ha'odem Anything which a person expresses making a, an oath. Anything that he expresses, what is that coming to add? Rabbi Shmuel, so is coming to include even cases which don't necessarily include something good or bad, beneficial, not beneficial. Oh my lie, Soribakir said to Rishmal, very good. Then Ruba Kosurakah, once you're agreeing that the Poslik is including other cases. So riba Kosurakah, the Torah is also including these cases, which we're talking about in the past, not just in the future.